Welcome to From the View Box with Hal and Chris. This is the podcast of the UMass Medical School Department of Radiology. My name is Hal Lowe from the Division of Emergency Radiology. And I am Christopher Cernelia from Musculoskeletal Imaging. Welcome back. Uh, this is Hal Lowe. I am here with Dr. Chris Cernelia, and we are discussing uh, MRI safety. So can you give us uh, some more details about these uh, MRI safety zones? Uh, what are the specifics and uh, what do we need to know about them? Of course. So we have these four zones from least controlled to more controlled. And let's begin with zone one. And zone one is um, unrestricted. So the general public is free to move about. Um, access uh, is not restricted. And so a good example of this would be um, in an outpatient uh, facility, be you know, the parking lot um, outside of the facility, um, the entryway into the, um, into the um, MRI uh, facility. Um, in an inpatient setting, this might be you know, the hallway in your radiology department outside the actual uh, MRI suite. Now, zone two, we're moving up into a slightly more controlled um, location. And so zone two is uh, typically where we greet patients. Um, it's going to be the zone between zone one and zone three. And um, this could be an area where patients um, provide their histories, where we screen patients for MR issues, and, um, or patients are in a dressing room in the holding facility um, before you know, uh, moving into zone three to have their um, you know, procedure performed. Now, zone three is really an important zone because this is where we're between um, zone two, where there's really no screening yet, um, and zone four, which, as we'll see, is at the main magnetic field. And there's an opportunity here where unscreened patients or ferromagnetic material or objects could potentially enter into the magnetic field. So this zone, zone three, um, is restricted. It's uh, under the direct supervision of MRI personnel, and um, the restriction has uh, a physical restriction where there is, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, closure device, lock, uh, passkey system of some sort that will restrict the general public or others uh, from entering into Zone Three. And um, it's also important to note that um, the main, uh, sorry, the magnetic field. Um, is three-dimensional, and so it's not just on the floor yourself, but there's potential to um, extend. Sup- there's potential to um, go through the floor or the ceiling to adjacent regions. So um, there may be a zone three above or below, um, you know, the uh, MRI suite uh, wherever it's been positioned. So again, zone three um, potential for serious injury or death. Zone three. Um, access is strictly restricted and under the supervision of MRI personnel, zone three, physical restriction, locks of some sort of pass key or, or um, ID card access. Example of uh, zone three, um, pretty easy to understand, is your control room. This would be the control desk in the adjacent region where you know, the MR technologist um, is doing most of their work um, when the patient is in the, um, in the magnet. Um, so that's just zone three. Now, finally, moving into zone four. Now, this, remember, is the, uh, the highest zone, so it's the most controlled and restricted area. Um, the example for zone four is essentially, you know, the actual, you know, room for the, the magnet. Uh, 
And so this is the magnet room and therefore is the area that has the highest risk. Um, access to zone four uh, should be under direct supervision and observation by the MR personnel. Um, you know, this is, you know, the MR technologist will escort the patient into the magnet and out of the magnet. If, um, if there's some unfortunate situation where a medical emergency occurs, um, patient becomes unstable or um, difficulty breathing or some other condition where immediate um, you know, medical treatment is necessary, we want to immediately remove the patient from zone four uh, into zone three. And this is done by uh, trained uh, MR personnel. Um, and that's very important because, you know, in a emergent situation, you could imagine um, if there's uh, trained medical personnel that are not familiar, then they may inadvertently rush into uh, zone four. So, um, you know, this is a situation where, you know, the MR personnel need to be trained. And if there is an emergency um, that needs to happen, that the trained MR personnel enter zone four and remove the patient, um, if at all possible, and bring them into zone three so that they can be properly treated, uh, resuscitated, or stabilized. Um, and so that's, those are your zones. So again, zone one to zone four, from least to most controlled, um, and um, making sure that you understand um, the various placards. Um, and again, you know, understanding the necessity to have this restriction uh, for the safety of not only the patients, but um, you know, the technologists, nurses, and physicians that work in that area. So. Um, so those are your zones, and um, they're really important to understand, and hopefully um, you have a better appreciation for what they are now. All right. Uh, next, uh, on to the next topic. Um, what about um, MRI screening? Can you walk us through the screening process before a patient uh, can receive their MRI scan? Screening, yes. So um, when we think of MRI, you know, screening is one of those things that we think about, um, certainly, is that you know, extensive paperwork that needs to be uh, completed by the patient or if you're the intern or, you know, house officer that's caring for the patient who may not be um, able to provide pro proper history or is unconscious, um, responsible for uh, providing this history through through other means, either medical record, family members, etc. And so the screening is a process to make sure that um, the patient is uh, safe to enter into the magnet. It's a comprehensive form, uh, which goes through a number of different things. Um, you know, one is you know previous interaction in the magnetic field. Has there been any complications? Others uh, involve um, ferromagnetic material and other metals. So you know, has the patient uh, been a metal worker? Have they had um, any uh, injury to the eye or metal into the eye? Uh, have there been any? Um, penetrating trauma or foreign bodies that may be metallic, that may still be retained. Um, and then a good component of it is related to medical implantations, um, other components that may be present in uh, this extensive list. Um, and some of them you may not really think of as medical implants, um, but this is um, a pretty exhaustive list and needs to be uh, followed so that we can assess each and every um, implantable device and so those devices um, can be screened and uh, checked and these devices will um, essentially be put on a um, MR compatible uh, kind of spectrum and that spectrum is either MR safe 
uh, MR unsafe or somewhere in between, which is uh, MR conditional. And so uh, when an object or the implant is identified, uh, the MR compatibility or safety um, needs to be accessed uh, for that particular uh, strength of the magnet. And so um, if it's deemed MR safe, then there's no, no issue. It's okay in all MR environments. If it's MR unsafe, then we're not going to be able to be a perform the study. And then MR conditional um, devices are MR compatible in certain you know, specific conditions. And we have to make sure that these conditions are met, all of them, and before the patient could go into the magnet. And if you know, one of them is not met, then the patient um, would essentially be in a you know, MR unsafe uh, status. And so that's um, kind of the, the process of, of screening. Um, and, um, you know, there's a lot of online resources and manuals that as technologists and uh, supervising physicians, we need to um, sometimes adjudicate. But the most important is to have a proper history of um, what uh, implantables there are and so that we can properly uh, vet the situation. Now, if we were uncertain, then we will default to um, it being unsafe. So um, this can be a challenge, you know, when patients are unconscious or unable to provide, um, you know, we'll look at other sources, um, you know, family members, medical records. Um, there may be situations where, you know, we need the study done urgently for, say, for a stroke or some urgent uh, situation. This um, risk-benefit needs to be balanced with the, the level of uncertainty of the screening process, and that's a determination that ultimately the, the supervising radiologist will make um, with a consultation with the, the uh, MR uh, technologist and, and the referring physician that's providing the history. Um, and then one last thing with the, the screening. So um, any of these... Uh, MR facilities, typically in the uh, zone four, there'll be a uh, five Gauss line. And this is uh, something that's um, mandated to be present uh, within the, the facility. And it's essentially the point which the magnetic field begins to have effect on electromagnetic devices, such as pacemakers. So now that's kind of like the, the point of no return. And so this is often you know, marked clearly on walls or floors. Um, particularly if it extends beyond the MR scan room. So it's important to remember that the magnetic field's three-dimensional and um, restricted areas uh, may extend through floors, walls, and ceilings. So just something to, to be cognizant of. Okay, uh, what about uh, cardiac uh, implantable devices, that issue? Uh, can you uh, talk us through that and how, how do you uh, deal with, uh, you know, uh, MRI-compatible, non-compatible devices? Etc. Yeah, I think as uh, just a few things. So the first is that you know every patient is unique, and we really you know try to do our due diligence to make sure that um, we're not doing any harm, you know, and that you know the screening process is properly performed, and that um, if there's any um, significant concern, that we default to you know not scanning the patient. Um, so a few things, and is one is you know this concept of uh, the patient was scanned before, so everything should be fine, and you know that's really not not the case. I think you know even if a patient has safely undergone an MRI exam, you know say with some sort of medical device like an aneurysm, 
that fact alone uh, is not you know, sufficient to say that the implant is safe or conditional because there are variations among uh, various MR scanners. Um, so, you know, that should not be used. I, I've, I've seen that kind of described and, and kind of explained, um, you know, by technologists, residents, and even attending the times. And so really we shouldn't use that as a criteria. Um, another one is, you know, the um, a cardiac um, devices. And these devices can um, be adversely affected if scanned. Um, they can lead to a variety of different complications. Um, the, you know, the pacemaker may fail to pace. Um, it can induce a, you know, a, a um, arrhythmia. Um, there can be uh, heating issues with the, the device itself. You know, when I was a, a resident, you know, we just, we didn't scan these and um, it just was just not done. You had a, you know, you had a pacemaker or, or uh, a cardioverter, you, you didn't have a scan. And, um, you know, conditional pacemakers were made available sometime um, after 2010, I believe it was 2011 or 2012 in that, in that area. And so there are conditional um, pacemakers that are around. And if the MRI is performed in these patients, it's just there typically will be, um, you know, a hospital or departmental policy of what exactly needs to occur. Um, and this is around, you know, making sure that there is appropriate you know, personnel and, and procedure in place if something um, does not um, go well with the device. So oftentimes, um, you know, radiology and, and cardiology personnel need to be available. Um, you know, a code card needs to be available um, throughout the procedure. Uh, in case of a significant arrhythmia arising during the exam, and so uh, so that's something to be to be aware of. Um, but again, these conditional pacemakers need to be conditional, and all the conditions need to be met in order for those patients to be uh, scanned. Um, and there's certainly a, a, a number of patients, a wide number of patients that have um, devices that are not conditional, that they're unsafe, and we can't cannot scan them. So we need to have that information, and that's provided again on those screening uh, assessment sheets. Now, uh, what about uh, MRI imaging in pregnant patients? Um, how do we deal with that issue? Oh, uh, pregnancy, sure. Um, so it's kind of um, one of the more straightforward. So, you know, MR exposure by itself, you know, not talking about administration of gadolinium. We're going to have a separate, I think, discussion on MR gadolinium uh, at another time. But um, just the exposure to um, MR has not uh, been shown to have any um, adverse or detrimental effects um, that we're aware of uh, on the on the developing fetus. So there are no uh, special considerations regarding um, exposure to non-contrast MR exams, um, and patients are uh, free to have these exams performed. Um, that said, it's always you know impossible to to know and exclude the possibility of a risk. So you know patients and clinicians can consider whether they want to delay the scan until after the pregnancy. So that would be, you know, a discussion between the clinician and um, their patient um, if they feel like there's no risk for, to delay uh, delay the exam. Uh, one last note on pregnancies, and that's related to, you know, healthcare workers, so obviously the technologist or you know, radiologist who is pregnant. Um, couldn't can work in the MRI environments um, at all stages of the pregnancy. Um, but they should not remain in zone four. And remember, zone four is the, um, you know, the magnet itself uh, during the exam uh, acquisition or during scanning. Great. Uh, that 
uh, really uh, clarifies uh, the issue of uh, um, MRI scanning in uh, pregnant patients. Um, I think, um, yeah, this, is, this has been a great uh, um, introduction to MRI safety uh, and to some very um, real-life topics and a, uh, uh, real-life considerations when we uh, have special patients uh, in, in, the, in the magnet and uh, what we need to think about when anytime we sc scan a patient uh, in, in, in any MRI suite. Um, thanks again, Chris, for that introduction to MRI safety. Yeah, this was great, Hal. Uh, so hopefully that was um, informative to the listeners. Um, next time when we get together, um, we're going to talk about uh, MR imaging contrast, um, you know, the gadolinium-based contrast agent. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the screening. I'll obviously, spend some time with um, you know renal uh, considerations and um, NSF, and then touch a little bit on um, this idea of gadolinium uh, deposition disease. So hopefully, uh, you'll come back and take a listen and um, take care. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we hope that everybody uh, tunes in uh, next time for that discussion. Uh, as always, uh, a note to all of our listeners. Uh, our guests have provided uh, additional references uh, in the show notes for today's episode. See you next time. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening and supporting From the Viewbox. We've attached additional reading materials to the episode notes as provided by our guest. And please visit us at www.umassmed.edu backslash radiology. Thank you to our colleagues Charlene Barron, Tom Delaney, and Dan Ramsaran for their technical assistance. See you next time.